Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yo, what up, guys? It's time to talk about my bookie. You know they're our favorite sponsor here on the show. Been riding with us for months and months now. Uh, it's a great site. And I just want to say, just because the Super Bowl is over, uh, football is behind us, that doesn't mean... Uh, the fun's going to end on my booking. In fact, it's just getting started. We're talking about NBA, NCAA basketball, NHL, got golf in there. We got MLB coming up. Tons of different stuff you can bet on on my bookie. Uh, and now's the time to, to get started with our promo code, Shark25. Let me tell you if you sign up with our code, you're going to get a 50% deposit match on deposits of $100 or more. You're going to get $25 bonus cash. Ton of great deals for you. And most importantly, going to be helping us out here on the show. Um, you know, I wouldn't be telling you about my bookie if it wasn't a site that I personally use and I do. I love my bookie. Uh, it's super easy. Uh, they got great odds on everything on there. Uh, go check out the line for an old miss game, you know, whatever one's coming up. Um, you know, Kermit covering a lot of lines earlier in the season, been a little bit rougher, uh, last couple of weeks as we're going to talk about on the show tonight. But Hey, just remember, uh, who you bet on just as important is where you're betting. And that's why my bookie is the place for you. Um, so like I said, join now, use our code shark 25, get all those great deals. Uh, and it's that simple guys at my bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. All right. Now I want to talk to you about ticks blitz our, uh, our newest friend here on the show. Um, they're the official ticket provider of the armchair media network. Unlike other ticketing providers that sneak in extra fees and unexplained service charges at ticks blitz, the price you see is the price you pay. And let me tell you. That is so annoying with other big services. I, I might have mentioned it before, but we went to see Old Miss here at the Coliseum in Jackson. I think it was Ticketmaster selling the tickets. They were advertising them for like $6 or $8 or something. I was like, wow, what a great deal. Go through, you know, get to payment, check out. And of course, after all the added service fees, actually, what, like $22, $25. So, yeah, that makes more sense. But it's just deceptive advertising. I hate that. Unnecessary fees shouldn't prevent you from seeing the sporting event, concert, or Broadway show of your choosing. So go to TixBlitz.com, enter promo code armchair at checkout to receive 5% off your total ticket purchase. That's T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z.com, promo code armchair. TixBlitz, guaranteed seats, guaranteed emotions. Okay, let's get on to the show. Welcome to Land Sharks After Dark, your weekly dispatch from the dystopian reality that is Old Miss Athletics. I'm your host, Justin Sanders. Uh, I've got a Thursday night show for you tonight, uh, a little later in the week. Been um, a lot going on in the Old Miss sports world, some some ups and downs. Uh, we'll get into all that like we do every week. Of course, my co-host with me, John Stefanczyk. What's up, buddy? How are you doing tonight? So let's just get to it. Missed a couple, missed a couple free throws against Tennessee. Get mm. the bet against Arkansas in the last minute. Lose a close one to Kentucky. None of that matters. 
go to Columbia, Missouri Saturday, win a game, and Kermit Davis will take his well, – an Ole Miss will go to Nashville in the SEC tournament. In my mind, a lock for the NCAA tournament, and that will be the first time Ole Miss achieves that feat since 2002. Last year, Rod Barnes went to the tournament. Boy, what do, you, what do you mean? Oh, first time going to the SEC tournament with it locked up. Yeah, because AK, right, AK right. was bubble both times he made he, it. He won, to, he won to get in with Marshall, and then he was a play-in game with Steph Moody the down whole the wire. Carolina, and then they went to Dayton. Yeah, so. and so John's right. Uh, we'll, we'll back up and hit those three losses that he just mentioned in a second. But as of right now, the latest – Joey Brackett's Joe Lenardi bracket has Ole Miss as the 10 seed playing in uh, Des Moines, Iowa against seven seed Villanova matched up with two seed Michigan. Um, so, I mean, obviously where you fall in the bracket isn't nearly as, is it, you know, who knows, but a 10 seed right oh. now, you're not going to get left out. If you go ahead and win at Missouri uh, and, and finish up the season that way, they have quality wins. They got Baylor two over Auburn at Mississippi state. Um, they have losses, but the the losses, the worst loss at this time is at South Carolina. And I'm about to pull up the net net ratings here. I think they're still top 100. I, I sent a stat last night that I saw on Twitter. I think Ole Miss is one of only uh, I want to say eight teams that has one or zero uh non quadrant one losses. South Carolina is 81 in the net, and then Arkansas, who was a rough uh. A rough loss on the road just now is 65 in the net. So, I mean, that's that's really not going to kill you. Here's an interesting thing, John. I saw someone posting this on, uh, I think it was um, Rebel Grove, about uh, the RPI, right? If we were still using RPI, I think Ole Miss is like in the 60s. So, Kermit's definitely benefiting from the first year of the net rating. Interesting, interesting point, I thought. Um, especially when comparing to Andy Kennedy, perhaps, but I'm not here to defend Andy Kennedy. I'm not a, a Corey Keys type, so I'm not worried about that. Is, the net is a tremendous metric. It's a tremendous metric. Yeah, we love it. We love it here on the show. It is our uh, our preferred metric for sure. Uh, yeah, here I'm on the Warren Nolan RPI for 2019. Jer- Jerry Palm has him as a nine. Yep. Yeah, Ole Miss, is, Ole Miss is 61 in the RPI. That's kind of interesting. All right, go on. Yep. I mean, bottom line, winning Como – which I mean, they're due for a win. Let's just play law of averages here. Mm-hmm. They they showed up big twice against Tennessee and against Kentucky. They did not really show up at all in Arkansas. I mean, had some stuff working against them. Arkansas played pretty well, but that's a game you you, you got to win. They they dropped that one, but it, season's not over. Um, they're they're what they'll be ten and eight if they win in Columbia. I believe they're they're nine and eight right now. I mean, ten and eight's a great mark in this loaded SEC. Um, you've done all the work up till now. I think you have to, I mean, yeah, it sucks that it all comes down to this one game. Although, like I was saying before the show, John, I don't necessarily think you lose in Columbia and there's, there's no way you get in, but you definitely leave the door open. I mean, you don't want to end up in that playing game. Like you were saying, you don't want to feel like you have to go to Nashville for SEC tournament needing to win a game or two to feel good about where you are on selection Sunday. So all you got to do is go beat Missouri um, it's, it's not a good Missouri team. This, I think it would be, would it be worse than the uh, South Carolina loss? It would, it would not be. They're 73 in the net right now. Um, but they're 14 and 15, uh, overall, uh, they were playing, um, Georgia on Wednesday and I got to pull this game up and see what the, uh, what the final score turned out to be, but it was, uh, interesting, I guess. Yeah. So the, the final score of 
Sorry, that's a that's a football score, but it was it's it's almost believable. I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, that's the kind of low scoring we were talking about. Uh, so if final score: Missouri 64, Georgia 39. Uh, that was their the last game on Wednesday. They they had Missouri had like only scored like 35 points uh, half with the second or the second half. So I don't know. I mean, obviously you could say they're playing defense against the Bulldogs, and the Bulldogs aren't very good, but. Still, I think you should be able to beat a team that is uh, scoring 25 points in the first half, 39 points in the second half in the last game. You just got to go make shots. Didn't uh, they beat Carolina this past weekend? Who, Missouri? Yep. Possibly. I had to pull that up. Uh, that sounds right. I think Carolina is solidly not even on the bubble at this point. Um. Yes, they did 78-63. And uh, so, Ole Miss can't. I mean, they got to show up. They got to show up. State State beat them sixty eight forty nine before that. Florida beat them sixty four sixty. Kentucky beat them sixty six fifty eight. So I mean, yeah, they're not they're not the worst team in the league by any stretch. This is not playing Georgia uh, like Ole Miss did twice uh, in the last month and had a close call in the second game, but it won that. I mean, when when Missouri came to Oxford, Ole Miss won by ten points. Wasn't really in doubt, but it's going to be senior night. Um, I don't know what the line is going to be. I'm not sure if it's up yet. Let me go ahead and check. But yeah, I mean, they got it. They got to show up. It all comes down to, to winning this game to feel like you're in a really good spot. 10 and eight in the league. Like I said, very, very, uh, definitely a record to be proud of. And I mean, Kermit's doing this with Olin Nichek and Bruce Stevens as his, as his post players. Um, I, I mentioned that the other day when Ole Miss had a lead against Kentucky at halftime, if you had told me a year ago that you would be starting D.C. Davis, the the former walk-on, uh, he would be getting significant minutes, and he would be up on Kentucky at halftime. I would think you're crazy, you know. Like Kermit's really doing a lot with Little right now. Um, outside of obviously Terrence Davis, Brian Tyree, Devontae Schuler, kind of his all-star guards, and then he has a couple of freshmen in Henson and KJ Buffin that are gonna be really great players. But still, he's it's still impressive no matter what, what I'm saying. But yeah, you gotta win. You gotta win, uh, Missouri. Tomorrow night. That's really all there is to it. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about some of those close losses? I mean, I think Ole Miss really acquitted themselves well. Uh, Tennessee and Kentucky, I think games that you you could say without sounding like an idiot, Ole Miss really should have won and had chances to win down the stretch. You mentioned the free throws. Uh, Ole Miss is leading by one. Brian Tyree, they purposely get him the ball. He's the best shooter on the team. Uh, up to that point, Ole Miss hadn't missed a free throw in the whole game for the whole team. Um, he gets fouled up by one, I think nine seconds left, misses the front end of a one and one heartbreaker. Good on the court. Grant William lays it in and maybe a travel who knows, but you know, you go down by one, not able to get anything going. Uh, it's rough. It's a rough way to lose. Brian Tyree's done so much for this team. Um, I'm not going to criticize him, but yeah, that was really tough. I'm sure he's still got that on his mind. You know, they had a chance to beat, uh, a top 10 team, a team that was number one for a lot of the season. Um, turn around, kind of lay an egg on the road at Arkansas, like you already mentioned, but come back at home and you play Kentucky super hard. Like I said, you have a lead at halftime. Um, Kentucky is up a good bit of the game, but you're fighting back. You're always in it. Honestly, a lot of uh, suspect calls, I would say. I just, I, I can't. I can't handle SEC and college refs. It's just so bad, but whatever. You know, I guess it's what you got to deal with. Um my favorite part about that game was uh, Kermit on Twitter liking tweets about the refs being biased after the game. Um, mad respect. Mad respect to the man. 
So I'm pulling up the uh, the tournament bracket here. Go ahead. Yeah, I really don't want to talk about the losses. Go win a game and you're in. This is this is where Andy Kennedy always got couldn't get there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's true. It's that simple. I think it's that simple. Sorry, I have the Bay Hill open on in the background, and Phil Mickelson is standing in a guy's yard, hitting a shot right-handed, swinging the club through a fence, and the ball somehow got caught in the fence. I, I don't even know how to explain what happened here. I've never seen this on a golf course before, but this is peak. Mickelson. The ball is caught in the fence, or he is caught in the fence. It's like a, uh, it's like a four foot tall fence it's like mesh almost kind of a mesh like fence. an orange plastic mesh one of those not orange plastic like a black like a much nicer like mm-hmm. residential type yeah, it's, in a, it's in a golf course neighborhood so yeah it's at bay hills but it's like dividing between the yard this yard and the um and the uh and the course here i mean what in the hell i, I this interesting sorry this is no, you're this good. Up. I'm still trying to find a uh, a prediction. For the, the, the baseball win two like. games this week. I'm, I'm ignoring this baseball team until I guess they see play. No, sure. so baseball swept over the weekend against a very bad uh, Long Beach State team, which you kind of had, had to try harder than they should have to do that. Yeah, well, it's it's baseball. Um, they beat Little Rock, I think, on Tuesday. Um, scored a lot of runs, ended up giving up a lot of runs uh, in the ninth inning because they put in someone that had never pitched before, some complete rando because Bianco was getting cute. Uh, but they still won by like four, I want to say. Uh, and then Cliff Godwin comes to town, number 25 ECU, first ranked matchup of the year for Ole Miss. Uh, kind of an embarrassing showing, I'd say. I mean, if you've watched Ole Miss baseball for a while, I think it's probably no surprise that a uh, a soft toss, tossing lefty, mostly a reliever, wasn't expected to go very deep in the game. Uh, just completely dominated, shut down what has been a very productive lineup. I mean, I'm far from ready to write off Ole Miss's bats. They have some dominant ones. Um, obviously, Thomas Diller, Tyler Keenan, and Rhino Lennox doing very well right now. There's also some very weak spots in the lineup. Uh, Greg Kessinger leading off is just really not working right now. He, he's got to be moved down. Um, let's see. Tim Elko hasn't done anything this season. Chase Cocker hasn't done anything this season. Might be time to explore some other names at designated hitter. Um, but to sum up what happened in that game, yeah. So it, the Goblin says before the game, this guy's only expected to go like three, maybe four innings. Uh, he takes a no hitter into the ninth inning, gets two outs. Uh, Thomas Dillard hits a single. Keenan hits a double. Uh, well, I think first he maybe maybe first he walked. Oh, he walks someone maybe, and then Dillard single, and then Keenan doubles. Then it's 3-2 at that point. Because, I mean, uh, the other side of the story, uh, Doug Nikhazy gets to start for Ole Miss as a freshman lefty. Been a reliever to this point, but I think a lot of people think that that game against ECU was kind of his audition to take over the Saturday starting role from Zach Phillips, the Juco lefty who's been pretty uh, bad up to this point. So Nikhazy does really well. Um, his, his only blemish is the East Carolina, they, they get a three run homer, like a single, single home run, something like that. Maybe a single double home run. Uh, and they, they win three to two in the end. Still a really, really good day for Nikhazy. 
Um, you know, uh, amongst the Ole Miss pitchers' struggles, there have been some interesting developments as well. Um, whether it's Connor Green as a senior hasn't given up a run in like 11 innings or something looking really good. Uh, you got this guy, Tyler Myers, who I think is a Juco. He's he's pitching well. Nikhazy, I already mentioned. Uh, Broadway uh, gave up a couple runs in his first game on the first weekend, but since then he's been really good. He's a potential closer candidate, I think. I think that's another Juco guy. Um, so, again, I think you're going to have to work on the pitching as the season goes on. You're going to have to hope some of these guys emerge. I mean, Caracy up to now has been shaky at best. You you know, you, you hope that he can return somewhat to form from last season. But Etheridge has been really good on Fridays. Hope the whole blister thing doesn't affect him moving forward. That kind of kept him out of that two-lane weekend. Uh, he, he had limited pitch count last weekend. They get UAB uh, in town this upcoming weekend. So figure out the pitching, uh, adjust the lineup. So if Kessinger is not hitting, he's at least not killing you at the top of the order. Hope that guys like Cooper Johnson can keep, you know, getting a little bit better here and there. And then, you know, the big bats, the middle of your order, Keenan and Dylan just keep raking, you know, Ryan Olenek, he's a free swinger. I think it works better with him at the in like the five hole rather than the, the one or two hole. But Bianco is pretty stubborn. Bianco does like to, move guys up when they're hitting well. So we'll just see. I don't know. I think one solution might be not a solution necessarily. One thing you might end up having to do because Tim Elko and Chase Cockle, neither of them are hitting. Uh, maybe you get Jacob Adams and Ryan and uh, Anthony Servideo in the lineup at the same time. Uh, personally, I would prefer Servideo at second base. He's the better fielder, but he's better at both right field and second base. So those two in that combination at those two positions, your DH then becomes, uh, you know, maybe Michael Fitzsimmons um, against lefties. Although I think Kaka will probably keep getting chances because he was pretty good at times last season. Uh, and, you know, he has a lot of power, et cetera. He just hasn't done anything yet this season. Um, I'm not really sure who you would DH uh, against right-handed pitchers. Um, I think that's a, that's a question mark. Um you know, it, maybe if Elko starts hitting, it, Jacob Adams is doing pretty well. So potentially, if Elko starts hitting, uh, you can play him in right field. Servideo at second, you could DH Jacob Adams maybe as a nine, as a nine hole hitter or something like that, because uh, he is kind of like that second leadoff guy. Um, you know, not, let's not mention the fact that he was in the two hole against ECU. Mike was trying out kind of a new lineup and worst offensive performance of the season by far. But still, I, I think figure out the lineup work through the, the pitching, especially the starting pitching, and, and figure out which guys you're going to rely on as relievers down the stretch. Hope that you don't have to work them too much and, and make them so they blow up through SEC play. Um, and then maybe, uh, you know, get in the batting cage, Mike Clement, and figure out if you could hit some off-speed. I don't know, because the, 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 guy, the guy's off-speed, it was, it was like Tennessee Tech all over again, the ECU game. You know, it was, it was a reliever or someone they didn't expect to do much coming in and just they can never time it up right um you know he to give him credit you know he was throwing everything seemingly exactly where he wanted it he didn't have misses you know when he wanted a breaking ball to fall out of the zone it did when he wanted to come back with a fastball inside it did um the ump was giving him a very big zone um like i said it was a good day for both pitchers 3-2 final score a tough loss, but it's the midweek and it's baseball. It's not the end of the world by any stretch. I think you definitely need to sweep UAB this weekend. And then uh, another big week, another big test. You go on the road at Louisville on Tuesday and Wednesday of next week. Uh, come back home and host Alabama to start SEC play. So um, learned, learned a decent amount about the team already. Going to be tested and learn a lot more uh, in, the, uh, in the next week, especially those two games at Louisville. I've, I have no idea what that's going to be like. Could easily go out there and 
drop both. You know, if you split it, I think you feel good about that. Uh, and anything from there is, um, you know, an improvement. I think what we've seen so far. So they're nine and three, I believe. The three losses that won the right state, one at Tulane in that eleven nine game, kind of neither team could get anybody out. Uh, and then one loss just now against former Ole Miss assistant Cliff Godwin. Uh, and ranked ECU. Just a little more context, the day before ECU uh, had been in Starkville, lost to State, I believe, 4-1. Uh, they had bases loaded in the ninth, but they couldn't do anything with it. So that's since you're not paying attention to this team, that's kind of your uh, your comprehensive update, John. Is that is that answering your questions? Yeah, they got some work to do, what it sounds like. Yeah, but, I mean, it's 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 baseball. The season's young, but they've got, they've got some pit. There's pieces and there's holes, you know. What can you say? What can you say? We'll I'm, yeah, I'm excited at least to watch Thomas Dillard. Um, let feels me just, like feels like a 15 and 15 to see that we'll see if they get hot. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I think as of now with what they've done, I think you're you're safe predicting a two seed. Um, they're they're definitely not playing like a host yet. Uh, they're definitely they're nowhere close, even though they're still ranked like. Top fifteen or whatever. Now, if they if close. they woke up and just got hot and won like nine out of ten in the league or something, yeah, be surprised. Oh yeah, no, it could definitely happen because they have a great lineup. I mean, you don't expect guys like Greg Kessinger to hit two twenty all year. He's never been that guy. Um, you know, you ex- his ass should be in the nine hole. I will just oh absolutely, that. absolutely. You don't have to tell me, but I'm I'm not Mike Bianco. You know, um, Thomas Dillard sitting at six home runs now, kind of cooled off a little bit. Uh, I don't think he's had one in the last two games, but. The national lead is ten. He is uh, he he would be tied for for fourth, obviously. But there's a uh, there are five guys ahead of him right now. One guy with ten, one guy with nine, one eight, and two seven. So Thomas Dillard right there in the thick of things. Uh, Keenan has he's on this list somewhere. Where is he? He has four, I think. Um, must be on the next page. Yeah, I believe Tom, Keenan has four. So. Uh, I want to pull up the team stats real quick, John, before we move on. I mean, we got time, right? Because yeah, um, Keenan has a, a lot of RBIs, which is cool. What's his average? What's his OPS so far? Let's do that. Let's let's look at those things. We love we love the stats on this show. Okay. So, season stats. Uh, Ryan Olenek, as I mentioned, is on another one of those tears where everything's falling for him. He's hitting 447. Uh, his OPS is really on this list that, right? I don't want to add it up myself, whatever. Uh, his, his slugging surge is 596. His on base is 518. So OPS over a thousand, uh, Thomas Dillard, 422. His slugging percentage is 911. His on base is 519. Uh, here's a stat for you, John. As a team, stolen bases, 29 for 32. Something you might not know about this team, John. You know, have you heard? Do you know they've who, tried to steal thirty-two bases, and they've gotten twenty-nine of them. Yeah, they're it's they're playing they're playing aggressive out there. It's fun they're to watch. Gonna get, they're they're going to get hot and just go on a tear. I think it's possible. Here's something, John. Do you know who Josh Hall is? And this is a storyline that I've been enjoying. Josh Hall. It sounds like some SB Nation writer. Josh Hall is a freshman from Homewood, Alabama. He uh-huh. holds the national record for high school stolen bases in a career. Two, okay. 222 stolen bases in his career in high school. That's not bad. That's not bad. So, uh, you know, you hope down the line he can develop into like a leadoff top guy, type guy, but right now he is a a deadly pinch runner. He is uh, four for four on the year in stolen bases. 
Um, Mike uses them just about every every game in a late situation where there's somebody on base. Uh, it's it's been fun to watch. So keep an eye on that. Here's a stat. If you might remember, John uh, Thomas Dillard learned how to steal bases in the Cape last year. He's four for four on the year. Ryan Olenek is five for six. Anthony Servideo is six for six. Cole Zabowski is two for two. Ray Kessinger is two for two. Cole oh, Zabowski stolen two bases. He's stolen two bases, John. Uh, yeah, I know, right? Okay, let's get back to the averages. I said Dillard's 422. Anthony Servideo is playing great right now, 346. He's got a 423 slugging uh, percentage and a 541 on base. So that's uh, that's pushing 960 OPS for Servideo. Um, what are the top three ERAs and whips? Let's see. We'll get we'll get down there. Keenan finishes real quick. Keenan Keenan's three thirteen, six and four slugging, three seventy five on base, and like I said, Keenan has four home so runs. Keenan's got a nine eighty OPS. And yeah, and Keenan, Keenan has twenty two RBIs. Dillard has nineteen. How uh, many games have they played? They've played twelve games. They got they have one canceled. Keenan's got nearly two RBIs a game. Yeah, I'd say that's not a sophomore slump. That plus a ninety. No, no. Cooper Johnson's hitting three hundred. That's that's way better than he has been in the past. Yeah, that that guy, that could drop, but you know it what? Could, Play it good could. defense. That's all I want. Yeah, no, I agree. He's got a five hundred slugging percentage. Uh, Jacob Abs at three hundred. Cole Zabowski two seventy seven. I expect that to rise somewhat. He only has two R- or two home runs. I believe he had ten last year. So look look for that to go up. Um, Kessinger in the shitter at two twenty four. Uh, and here's what, honestly, I mean, Kessinger hurts, especially at, at the top of the lineup. He should be in the nine hole. Here's what's really killing the offense in the DH spot slash right field. Chase Cockerell at the Mendoza line, 200. Tim Elko, 143. That is uh, not getting it done. One thing you can say for Cockerell, he does have a 364 on base percentage, uh, but that's just not going to cut it. Those guys should not be in the lineup um, if they can't get those numbers up. Even Carl Gindel, who's kind of like a, a sub outfielder, very athletic, fast guy, he's hitting 250. So maybe that's an option uh, to get into the lineup as well. Moving on to the pitchers, uh, top ERAs. You have Connor Green, who I mentioned, has a zero ERA. He has uh, eight innings pitched, 11 strikeouts, 161 batting average against. Uh, Will Etheridge has a zero ERA. Seven strikeouts in 8.2 innings. Here's something you might not know, John. Did you know Ryan Olenek has a zero ERA? I did. I did hear about yeah. him relieving. He, he he threw an inning. I forgot what game. He got two strikeouts so and one inning one. pitch. So we got Ether- yeah, but it's fun. Ether- Ether- is zero. Ether to zero. He, he he missed the second series with that blister against Tulane. Um, so he has had two starts, eight point two innings, no no runs as of yet. Connor Green as well, and in, in eight innings of relief, zero ERA. Austin Miller has been very good. I forgot to mention him in my breakdown. Uh, he has a .68 ERA in thirteen innings pitch. That's that's very good. Uh, he's kind of your first guy um, out of the out of the bullpen. Uh, Max Tiafi has been good. Uh, he's a he's a we're about to take a big jump by the way. Uh, Tiafi's got a two seventy uh, and ten innings pitched. He has sixteen strikeouts, ten innings. That's pretty good. Uh, I think he kind of he had a he had a rough game once that blew that ERA up. Nikhazy, who I mentioned, has a um, three sixty ERA and ten innings pitched. He has. 13 strikeouts. I think he had like seven strikeouts against East Carolina in the first three innings, something crazy like that. Um, averages against Miller has the 168 against Chiaffi 243, the Casey 297. Uh, and then you got Gunnar Hoagland, the Sunday starter up there at 409. Needs to get that down, but he's a freshman. He's He's been battling. I think he's only going to get better. If you remember, John, that's the, uh, the kid that got drafted in the first round. Turned that down to come to Ole Miss. Um, yeah. T- 
Taylor Broadway, who I mentioned, he has a 4.76 ERA. I think he got hit pretty hard in his first start, but uh, he has five strikeouts and five innings pitched, 2.38 batting average against. Like I said, I think he's a uh, a potential closer candidate, um, depending on how Caracy does. Tyler Myers, 5.40. He's looked pretty good though. Caleb Hill has looked pretty good for freshman. He has a 6.23. Zach Phillips really struggled, 7.50. He's the current Saturday starter. Look for him to be replaced against Alabama. Uh, in that first SEC series by Doug Nikhazy. Houston Roth is really struggling, got an 810, um, has not looked like his former self. Jordan Fowler um, has struggled as well, 831. I think there is a role for him. He started that midweek game on Tuesday, um, looked much better. Uh, so hopefully he'll continue to improve. Parker Caracy, 1929 on the ERA. He is 0 1. Tulane walked it off on him. He has. Uh, Let's see, he has three strikeouts and two innings pitched. There's a 375 batting average against. That is rough. Uh, and then Ray Falk, who I mentioned, the guy that had never pitched before, came in and gave up, I want to say, let's see, yeah, they gave up three earned runs in the ninth inning of that midweek game against Little Rock. He has a 99 ERA. So, you know, I I think we've 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 seen what we were saying about the the pieces and the holes in this lineup. But Especially in the batting order, I, I think there's more pieces than there are holes in that batting order. Yeah, I would, in short, I, I'm with you there. I'm tempted to say, I mean, just from a coaching standpoint, generally I'd rather have Bianco have an offense and try to figure out the staff than the other way around. Yeah, I think I'm inclined to agree with you, yeah. We'll see. Either, either they're going to be a two seed that can get hot or they're going to get hot in the regular season and kind of stabilize some of these pieces and be a mm-hmm. uh, maybe they could host they, they don't sound they're not a uh, they're not a national seed team no I don't think so. I think there's I think there's too many question marks in the pitching and the they they haven't been able to deliver every single game offensively despite the fact that they have some big spikes. But all the, but the, I mean they have a roster that can just hit their way through three games, three four three game series or a. Uh, mm-hmm. or no, a, I even uh, I, I think we'll have to see how good the SEC is. I mean, it's the SEC; they're pretty good generally. But um, you know, I'm not even I'm not even ready to say, fifteen and fifteen just yet. We'll see. I mean, it's very possible. Um, so we talked about this last time. We talked about them. Uh, until that game where they only scored two and lost on Wednesday, the lowest score before that was uh, was five. They did that against Long Beach State to win 5-3 and against Wright State to lose 5-9. And then they've scored 10, 15, 6, 12, 6, uh, 12, 7, 7, 11. So, I mean, they, they've, they, they've scored a lot of runs. I, I, we'll see what happens. I, I think... Like I said, you, you look to sweep this weekend against UAB. Um, and then just go from there. Let's see, go at Louisville. So I, I really don't know who's going to pitch at Louisville, John. I think Fowler probably starts on Tuesday. I have no idea what happens Wednesday if you are planning to move Nikhazy. Um, I really don't know. I mean, uh, you might have remembered probably not that I didn't mention uh, Hol- Greer Holston's name. He hasn't pitched at all this season. Apparently, he's looked really bad. He was a former kind of midweek candidate slash long reliever. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know who you start in uh, in game two, and I don't know how, how deep Fowler gets at number eight Louisville on uh, on March 12th and 13th. It's apparently on ACC Network Extra, so I assume that's like SEC Network Plus. I wonder if I get that. I'll have to 
investigate. It, I, I it's assume, on ESPN. It's an ESPN three thing. I assume it is, yeah. And I assume that I get ACC Network in my cable package, even though I don't think I've ever tried to watch it. So, uh, should be televised. Um, and then just quickly through the uh, SC schedule: Alabama at home, at Missouri, um, at Memphis, at Arkansas is a big test. Uh, March 29th, thirtieth, and thirty first. Uh, Florida at home is going to be a huge series. They're number five right now. Uh, that's April 5th through 7th. Um, Kentucky at home at Auburn, probably a big series. Uh, A&M at home, probably another big series. At LSU, rough. You do get State at home at Tennessee to finish it out. So, uh, I, in a way, they dodged some bullets. I mean, getting Alabama, Missouri, Kentucky, and uh, and Tennessee, not bad. I mean, Tennessee's ranked right now, but it's still better than it could be. And then you play top 10 teams, and obviously you play State every year, you play LSU every year. You go to Alex Box, that's rough. Just try to win one at Alex Box, I would say. Although, I don't know. We'll talk about this in future episodes, but I, I think LSU has some warts, uh, especially on the pitching staff, so we'll see. Um, getting A&M at home is nice. Don't have to go to Bluebell. Um, you know, at Auburn, they're a top 20 team. I'd rather go to at Auburn than a lot of SC parks. And then getting Florida at home, I think is a break. It's better than going to, uh, to, to, uh, Gainesville. So it's interesting schedule at Arkansas will be tough for sure, but it's, uh, there's a lot, a lot of baseball to be played. So, you know, uh, we'll be watching. We'll be watching. Well, I'll be, I'll be watching. I'll be updating you. How's that? I'll check in SEC play. Sure. Sure. That's my, that's my commitment to this team. Thank you, John. I mean, they haven't played hardly any games yet. Let's be honest. Yeah, that's the, one, I mean, that's I think... the one kicker about the college season. It's only 56 games. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not a big season. And I, I think you're you're probably thinking when you schedule that home-and-home home with Long Beach State that it's going to be a lot better program than it turned out to be. I mean, they're, they're in the dumpster this year. They weren't very good last year either. But that's kind of like a storied West Coast program. So – I think that kind of backfired, and then at Tulane was interesting series. Um, I don't, I don't think they're a bad team necessarily. They can definitely hit, and they're kind of building a program there. And then UAB at home this weekend should be kind of a a snooze fest. But you know, uh, getting ECU in the midweek, and then at Louisville two games. There's some big non-conference uh, games for sure. I think uh, Tuesday and Wednesday of next week are definitely going to be kind of interesting to tune into. And then obviously we all know that. In addition to playing Tennessee series, Ole Miss will have non-conference games against Mississippi State, and uh, I assume two against Southern Miss. I saw at least one, so there will be other big non-conference games uh, to keep an eye on. So, yeah, that's that. Um, John, I think we need to talk now about the NFL Combine. So, DK Metcalf got everybody's attention. He's a freak. Did you? I mean, what did you think before the Combine? We all talked about for a long time how DK was going to be a beast and Crazy measurables. What would you have guessed his his forty time would be if you just had to off the dome? You know, I hadn't really thought about it till now. He's huge. He's like six six four two twenty two or something like I that. I would have guessed. I would have guessed four four five probably. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. And, and he he's the fastest wide receiver. Runs a four three three. Does twenty seven reps on the bench press. That's. It's insane. I, I just watching the video. I was blown away by that. 
It'll be. I'm, I'm interested to see. Does he kind of take off in the pros, or what happens? Because well, I think he's going to be the first receiver drafted. He's going to have a chance. I, I mean, I asked my. I mean, I asked several times. Is he overrated, or is he being utilized? I think he's overrated as the first receiver in the draft, probably. But if you also told me he had a crazy NFL career, uh, wouldn't be surprised. And he's huge. I mean, you know, if you want to knock him, he got injured twice in three years. Um, he mostly just ran vertical routes. Um, that's kind of especially with with Tom who has his. But is that his fault? I mean, is that the uh, OC? I don't know. I, I, well, hang on here. We established that a route tree is simply known as get open. Yeah, we don't do that. But at the same time, he's a monster in those uh, back corner fade routes. I mean, he could probably make a living if he could just run that consistently in the NFL. I mean, he's he's a beast at that. Dude, if you had the Packers draft him and just Aaron Rodgers go throw it up to him in the red zone or whatever, it'd be interesting. Yeah, I, I think that's going to be super interesting. Um, this crazy beast. The other old Miss wide receivers uh, did well as did well as well. AJ Brown, four four nine forty. I think um, that that was respectable. You hear me, Johnny? A little, a little echo. Um, yeah. uh, let's see. Uh, Demarcus Lodge ran a four-five-five. I was kind of surprised. I I thought he was faster than AJ, but also I think that was respectable. I think Lodge will probably go in what maybe the third round, um, fourth round, somewhere in there. I think AJ Brown probably a second round. Todd, at this point, you can expect DK Metcalf to go in the first round for sure. Greg Little, I think, is a borderline borderline first-round guy, maybe second round. Didn't do great at the combine from what I heard. Uh, I think Javon Patterson probably did pretty well. Looks like he ran a 4-1-3. Um, I, I, I think Javon Patterson will be drafted. I have no idea where. Dawson Knox probably be drafted because he's one of those guys that gets hyped up for whatever reason. Here was the surprising result maybe, John. Uh, did you know Zedrick Woods could run a four two nine forty? He ran a four two nine, the fastest forty in the combine. Zedrick Woods. You know that? I guess doesn't totally shock me if I really think about it. Well, I think Ole Miss fans saw him get burned a good amount, but again, how much of that was coaching, honestly, and also well, trying to cover other people's assignments? Yeah. How about Kyler? Everybody's saying Kyler Murray's going to be the first pick now. I thought isn't he like five eleven? He's 5'9". Yeah, see, that doesn't make any sense to me. He should have gone to the he should have gone to the MLB. He's going to be a bust. Yeah. Uh, Ken Webster on a reconstructed knee runs a 4-4-3. Big props to Ken Webster. That is that's massive. That might be the most impressive stat of the whole. Time. I think it, I think DK Metcalf is impressive, but at the same time, he's a complete freak. I mean, yeah, he got injured twice, but he didn't get his knee destroyed on national TV like Ken Webster did. Uh, mm-hmm. For him to come back, play as a senior, run a four four three, I really hope he gets drafted. That's that's awesome. Uh, I'm not sure if he will, but I, he could probably at least make a roster. Um, yeah. That's great. Um, yeah, I mean, it could be just really proud, really proud of Kim Webster, proud of DK. Um, I guess proud of Zedrick. I mean, hey, is it? Why don't you why don't you remind everybody why Ole Miss signed Zedrick Woods? In your opinion, Laramie Tunsil. That's, you think he was a he was a free scholarship given out as part of the Larry Tunsil Alex Weber deal? I'm P- sorry, you can't, I'm sorry, you can't handle the truth. That's what happened. Hey man, if if Hugh Freeze was giving out consolation scholarships to guys that could run four two nines, that's that's damn good recruiting. I gotta say, that's well, yeah. That's I mean, Hugh Freeze brain. at one point in time was smart enough to do that, and then he forgot how to do it. So yeah, smart enough to keep Denzel Kimdichie happy to get Robert on the. Uh, on the roster. I wonder what happens with Robert this year. I wonder if he 
stays in the good graces at Arizona. I have no idea. Uh, um, I think Robert Kim Dietschen needs a 30 for 30. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think uh, <laughs> the people would watch that for sure. Denzel would be Real in it. Would the uh... – Ooh, do I even want to say this? Hon- honestly, that class in five years will make a great 30 for 30. You got – would a certain on-campus incident get brought up, I wonder, in the Robert Kimbichi 30 for 30? I don't know. It's possible. But what I'm saying is that whole class would be a great 30 for 30. You get Laramie Tunsil, the pro bowler. You tell the story about Alex Weber. tell the story about Georgia. tell the story about the stepfather. You talk about Laquan Treadwell, the good kid that couldn't make it in the NFL. Robert Kimbichi, the weirdo with the rapper brother. Tony Connor, the star that uh, football football gods cursed. Injured against Alabama, never really played meaningful snaps again. I think that's that's a good play. Sort of like Evan Ingram under the radar uh, goes on to perhaps a successful career as a uh, like a tweener tight end. It's I I think that's compelling. So uh, I got two mock drafts. One has DK going ninth. The other has him going tenth. Pretty damn good. Pretty good for a kid from Oxford. Oh, also the other crazy stat: he has like one point eight percent body fat apparently, which a lot of people, including myself. I don't Think that was think that was impossible. Hey, I mean it's published by the NFL, man. I don't know what to tell you. I agree, it's crazy. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, shit. These one these one, this one guy's got AJ going seventeenth to the Browns hmm. and little and little twenty third to the Texans. Honestly, I have to think that that Treadwell probably hurts AJ. Um, they're just too similar uh, in their in their skill set, same school and all. But I hope I'm wrong because I I like AJ. Uh, a little bit more. I, I I loved Laquan at the time, but um, you know, he's you gotta love AJ Starkville kid, Burn State to go to Ole Miss. Never turned his back at Ole Miss. Seems like a really great guy. Not Laquan. Laquan isn't also a great guy, but I don't know. I'll, I'll be very interested to compare their NFL careers. They do seem to have a similar skill set. Uh, so far, it's been it's been really tough sledding for for uh, Laquan. Whatever you want to attribute that to. Um, yeah. Speaking of Kyler Murray, speaking of uh, NFL draft first round bust, uh, have you heard about Johnny Manziel's girl or Johnny Manziel's wife? And he's married. Yeah, I know. I didn't even know that either. Right? Isn't that crazy? But on top of that, there's something else you need to know about Johnny Manziel's wife. Uh, she is potentially. The fastest person, man or woman, in history. Okay, isn't that crazy? So here, I'm just gonna, uh, I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read here from Deadspin. Two weeks ago, uh, Bree Tiezi Menzel, fitness Instagrammer, model, and wife of former CFLer Johnny Menzel. That's a that's a great way to describe Johnny. Ran what what she says was her first half marathon, and what she says was less than two hours. TZ Manziel and her friend Chloe Ture, a model for Playboy and Maxim, came in at 1 hour, 58 minutes, 22 seconds in the Run Like a Diva half marathon on February 16th in Temecula, California. Finishing the half marathon in under two hours is impressive for someone that's never ran such a race before. That's, that's a nine-minute uh, nine pace per mile. The crazy thing about this is, uh, so for the first half of the, of the half marathon, the first 6.4 miles, she ran that in one hour, uh, 31 minutes. That's about 14 minutes, 20 seconds a mile. Respectable for sure, but that's a normal pace. Uh, so the second 6.4 miles, they ran in 27 minutes, which would mean their pace was four minutes and seven milliseconds per mile. 
to put that in perspective, the women's world record for the 10K is 4 minutes and 42 seconds per mile. The men's world record is 4 minutes and 13 seconds per mile. Uh, so basically what I'm saying is they apparently started out half the race completely normal, decided to run the second half at a pace that's unseen, unheard of to marathon runners. They set set world records, absolutely. Um, obviously, John, you're probably thinking there's got to be some sort of mistake, right? But uh, it's been investigated, and despite the fact that there are multiple witnesses that say they saw them leave the course, go the wrong way, cut off the second lap, uh, there have been investigations, they're missing more of their split times, uh, you know, they just think those accusations are completely baseless. They are, they are completely denying it. Uh, Brie on her Instagram story, it looks like says how sad and pathetic that people even try and make these types of accusations. First of all, I didn't check in and we drove straight on. We're met by a staff member and we walked to the front of the line to start off the event. Sorry, there's no punctuation here. Never even registered, nor was anyone even waiting at every station to check you in for each marker. So this unaccounted for time is a joke. We were there to help host and build awareness. This charity is for people. What's wrong with you? I am a full-time athlete. This is my favorite part. I train all year, every year. Cardios aren't really my thing, so that's what I meant by I didn't train. I wasn't thinking I'll have the heart to run, or I won't be I won't be able to finish. Uh, but I thought I could do it in five hours. I didn't care. Anyone who knows me knows I hate cardio. And because cardio isn't really anything I do, uh, intervals, whatever, I don't know. We were by no means trying to get some amazing time. Four, I have an awful knee injury. I was so proud of us for finishing. I didn't hurt myself, nor did I give up or cheat. I legit can't. LMAO, Chloe and I pushed so hard to finish this half marathon. We were running, walking, and sharing other women while we were hurting ourselves. You should be ashamed for your accusations. If this wasn't a charity event, I wouldn't even respond. So funny. Waving emoji, laughing, crying emoji. So, John, I think we're, we have to accept that, um, you know, Johnny might not have been able to make it in professional football. But apparently his wife is, uh, like I said, just maybe the fastest human to ever live. That's I, don't the, even, I don't even know where to go with this. That's the story of how... I, uh, I was thinking you were going to tell me his wife got arrested for being like the head of some cocaine drug ring in Canada or something. No, I think it's it's honestly so much better than that. Um, she ran a clearly fake time and a half marathon and refuses to admit that she is not the new world record holder for the mile pace and a half of an, and a half of a half marathon, to be fair. It's pretty funny. Uh, I don't know, John, I thought, I thought that was an enjoyable story really just for her reaction. It wouldn't be funny at all if she had just admitted that, Oh yeah, we, we took a shortcut or, Oh yeah, we messed up. That's, that's my bad. But no, she continues to insist that their insane time is completely legit and there's nothing to worry about. I, I do encourage listeners look up the story on Deadspin just for the picture of them after the race wearing their their pink uh, athletic wear, not sweating at all, drinking rosé because that's what you do after you set a, an insane world record pace like that. You just relax and have some some rosé at the Run Like a Diva half marathon in Temecula, California. I don't know, just a little story, John. I enjoyed that one. Johnny, I want to hear about this. What about Johnny? How, how did she meet Johnny? I mean, I can't believe that. Oh, he's... I mean, I. Maybe on Instagram. I have no idea. He slid in the DMs, maybe at like a club or something. Who knows? I think that's another, that's a whole episode in and of itself right there. Yeah. Uh, if you enjoyed this story, uh, I would recommend uh, a little podcast called Who Weekly. It comes out on Tuesdays and Fridays, hosted by the very funny uh, Bobby Finger and Lindsay Weber. That's where I first heard about this. Kind of a uh, 
a podcast about people that aren't famous but are like on the periphery of being famous uh, and all the dumb shit they do. It's 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 pretty funny. If you if you enjoyed that story, I think you should check it out. That's all I got for this week, John. You got anything else in your mind? That's about it. Go winning Como Saturday. That's simple. It, it is that simple. Uh, don't, you don't want to be going to Nashville sweating that uh, SEC tournament, Berth. Come on, guys, you're oh. better than that. No, nope. uh, sweating that NCAA tournament, Berth. Excuse me, at the SEC tournament. Um. Yeah. I mean, do we ever even want to say anything about? You already said they didn't have any coaching. I mean, yeah. You you wasted a bunch of NFL talent. Not not a shock. To be fair, I'm not sure Hugh Freeze would have done any differently. I mean, hell, he hired most of the guys that coached them throughout their career, including Matt Luke. So you know, it is what it is. Um. Yeah, I don't even care about football. You know, spring football is going on. You got a couple of ex head coaches on staff. Whatever. Um, Ole Miss is going to try to hype it up. They're going to try to sell you season tickets. You know, buy into it if you want. I don't care. Uh, yeah, baseball is baseball. Mike Bianco doing Mike Bianco things, plugging along. Um, like I said, well, like you said, Missouri on Saturday, not sure what time. I'm sure that will be on the SEC Network. Uh, check out baseball, especially those Tuesday, Wednesday games, apparently on ACC Network Plus at Louisville. Should be good games against uh, former Ole Miss assistant Dan McDonald. Uh, yeah, that's all I got, guys. Um, of course, thanks for listening. If you like the show, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We would appreciate that for sure. Check out our website, landsharksafterdark.com. You can email us, landsharksafterdark at gmail.com. Uh, thanks to Armchair All-Americans, our uh, our parents' site. Of course, check out our sponsors. Uh, MyBookie is a great site for uh, online sports betting. And then TickSplits, where you can get... Uh, uh deals on sports tickets no extra fees stuff like that it's great so um you know listen to the ad at the top of the show use our promo codes all that good stuff it's super easy uh, but for now john thank you for taking the time my friend have a great weekend to the listeners thank you for listening i'm justin for john we'll talk to you again next week <laughs>